and boom goes the diamond. And welcome to episode 68 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how have you been, man? The Saturday man has logged on, baby. <laughs> we are staying alive on a Saturday. Jeff! Yeah. You, it's you, a weekend. It it's is a freaking weekend. It is the freaking weekend, and you may notice that we did a little uh, different theme music this week, too, because... It's a very special Saturday Night Fever edition. A Saturday Night Fever dream, which is what I think the AEW casino <laughs> game might be. Uh, on that note... AEW casino, double or nothing about this game is good. Yeah, well... well... Well, hang fire on that for about 30 seconds. So, yeah, in case... Oops, shit, I forgot to mute my phone. Which has hey, not been great special. because because this is the weekend, and I have been on call uh, this whole weekend. And... It's the weekend edition. It's the relaxed fit. We're wearing Hawaiian shirts and jeans, boot-cut jeans with, like, Birkenstocks and, sto- and socks. Very cool look. <laughs> we look great. We're casual. Uh, we're letting it all hang. Uh, yeah, the next couple of weeks, um, the show is going to be coming out on Saturdays because of uh, kind of a uh, living space situation going on at, at my so, place. Everyone send your, your best vibes to Jeff while he gets some living space stuff figured out. We all have life. We all have things yeah. that we do. You know, this podcast is very much a hobby and a fun time for us. Uh, so sometimes real life shit gets in the way. But we really like doing this podcast. So the bottom line is we enjoy doing this and we want to keep doing it and we're not going to let anything get in the way of that. So, yeah. uh, you so know, a couple we, weeks here and there, we're going to make the most out of it. We're going to have some very special weekend editions of boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. Uh, it, it won't be the, the instant recap that we usually do. You know, usually we try to get this out within, you know, about an hour or so. After this dynamite is the, goes this off. This is the now air. in uh, AEW dynamite instant recap asterisk podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, for at least a little, a, a, a couple of weeks, and then uh, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get back to normal uh, relatively soon. But, uh, anyway, yeah. So you bring up this uh, the the AEW Casino Double or Nothing game. Um, you you showed me, you you told me I had to put this on my phone. I took one look at that, and I saw the screenshots. I said there is. No goddamn way I'm putting this on my phone. <laughs> I, however, am a dedicated professional and thought it was important to do the research uh, for this very podcast. So I turned my phone into what I think is now some sort of Bitcoin mining device. I think my phone right. now, uh, a lot of its CPU is dedicated to that. So that's really good. Uh, yeah, so AEW Casino Double or Nothing, it is the much-hyped, much-anticipated mobile game released yesterday for uh, uh, the App Store, Google Play, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think when this came out, and you see if you agree with me here, Jeff, I envisioned this as, like, some sort of wrestling-themed casino game. Like, they would have some table games, maybe, maybe a slot machine or two. And it would have, like, the wrestling talent in it. And, like, be wrestling-themed in some way or another. Or, like, wrestling character avatar. Something like that, right? Right, is that what yeah. You're... Okay. I think that's how a lot of people envisioned it. 
this is not that, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, it is, okay, so the it is a completely listen, man. It's a completely generic, just like casino game. It's any other mobile casino game. There is zero AEW branding within the games themselves, except for the poker tables have the double or nothing logo on them. But like the avatars, the characters, the customization, none of that shit's AEW theme. The slot machines have no wrestling themes or like anything whatsoever. This is just completely just paint by numbers. So, just so, buy it from anywhere. So, and the most AEW branding on it is the startup screen where uh, Jericho and Darby Allen are standing there. That's so, it. So, so the 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 bar uh, icon on on the slots is not the AEW logo or anything like not that. Not even that. Literally, not wow. even that. Like you couldn't even do that. It is the wow. laziest shit I've ever seen. I can only imagine like Tony Khan got like fleeced by some tech guy he was doing cocaine with. I don't know how this <laughs> happened or who this is. For. Four. It's it's baffling to me. And it's so low rent that like who approved it? When you looked at this, why wouldn't you say no, we're not putting our name on this? Fuck it, shut it down. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. I don't know how they're like what money are they making from it? I don't know. This doesn't seem to be very monetized either. I you know I'm baffled by the entire experience, Jeff. You know, the thing is is I, I remember, you know, because early days of AEW you know, they, they really leaned into this casino theme and, you know, yeah. especially with, you know, going from all in, of course, a, you know, a poker term to. Right. And then doing their sh- and then also doing double or nothing in Las Vegas, Vegas. and their identity into Vegas being like a destination for their future shows. Yeah. So, I mean, they um, I, I mean, they, they have kept with that with double or nothing, you know, continuing that um, right, all but- out doesn't really. And it's fine theme. to continue the casino theme. That's totally fine. And I, I would have thought like a game, if this was the same thing, like with a bunch of casino games, but it was all AEW themed, I'd probably go, oh, cool. Like, I don't know how much I'd play it. Maybe to waste some time here and there. Cause like little gambling games are fun. Full disclosure. I am playing the AEW casino, double or nothing slot game pirates cave right now, as we're recording this podcast. <laughs> um, I am a little, well, I'm a little up. I had a big win, a big spin earlier, a couple hours ago, so I'm still playing off of that. So, um, so, oh, so, I just got a five of a kind. Okay, so let's see what happened. I got five of a kind, uh, 240 chip bet. You win 536. That's not even a big win. They made it look like it was going to be a big win, and it wasn't at all. So, how, so how much uh, Bitcoin have you mined? That's the the, the million dollar question there. Uh, the biggest question is how much cut am I going to get? If Tony Khan is mining Bitcoin with all of our phones here, we better get a fucking dividend. That's all I'm saying. Damn, damn straight. Come on, Tony. Tony Khan, you better uh, fill my Dogecoin wallet up with GameStop stonks. It's <laughs> wow. How many, ha- 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 how many memes did you just drop in, in that one statement? You just wait. We're, we're just getting started. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but know. No, like I said, I, I, I took a look at that, and I was like, there is no fucking way I'm, I'm so, doing So, it. in conclusion, the AEW Casino Double or Nothing game, it doesn't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm baffled by it. Um, I'm still going to goof around with it, like, a little bit, because, like, I'm a degenerate. But I don't really see what the point was of releasing it, and I really hope this isn't an indicator of the kind of quality control AEW games is uh, looking for in the future, because if it is, it's gonna be rough. Yeah. Because they, they are bringing out, you know, their, their actual wrestling game, which, you know, they're promising to, you know, bring back the glory days of, you know, the Aki games and shit like that. But I mean, yeah, if it's as bad as this is, 
yeah, I may be sticking with like Wrestling Empire on the Switch or something because that also, you know, has a look of like the old Aki games. So, you know. Yeah, there's nothing glorious about this. Uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so. Uh, this past Monday, uh, AEW presented the second uh, of the special YouTube shows for the Women's Eliminator Tournament, which had some uh, some American matches as well as the semifinals for the Japanese bracket. Um, yes, this was, a, this was fun. These are good. Uh, the, it was nice to have a, uh, Excalibur and Taz on commentary for the bulk of this as well. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Um, of course, you know, the, the bad news from this is that just before the show, you know, started or whatnot, and I, I mean, I don't know when they taped all these, but uh, Anna Jay has royally fucked her shoulder. Yeah, she tore some stuff up. She's going to be out six months at the positive 12 on the negative side of things. Uh, Very unfortunate. You know, uh, two, two really significant injuries for her in her young career. That's, that's, that's tough to deal with, but uh, she uh, like you know she has dealt with a significant injury before and got through it great. So, you know, she's been down this road. Uh, so I don't think that, you know, well, I do think that she'll uh, uh, be able to come through it. Uh, just fine. I don't think she'll have any long-term issues here. All the best, Hannah J, yeah, for sure. And, and mind you, that was the same day we found out about Hiromu, too. Hiromu yeah, a lot, of, a lot of tough days for injuries. Oh, boy. Uh, so, Hiromu's knee. Wait, was it Hiromu's knee? No, he, no, left pectoral. Oh, pec- yeah, uh, pectoral. Yeah, so, yeah so. a lot of shoulder pectoral issues. All the best to injured wrestlers. Hope everyone recovers, comes back. And, uh, you know, Aunt, both Anna and Hiromu, uh, really getting a lot more spotlight as of late. So hopefully they come back real soon, soon and strong. So let's go down the the matches. We had a first round match for the U.S. bracket. Uh, Nyla Rose defeating Ty Conti of the Dark Order, or tangentially of the Dark Order. Yeah, biggest note on this match, uh, it should have been on Dynamite. Oh, yeah, for sure. This match should have been on Dynamite. It was a really, really good match. Ty Conte continues to get better every week. Uh, she is a star, dude. Uh, she's, she has it all. Like, she's a good worker. Uh, you know, great. She's really expressive. Uh, she gets the acting side of things uh, pretty naturally for someone uh, whose career is in such an early stages. Uh, you know, Nyla Rose being back in, like, a, a significant match and it being on YouTube is unfortunate. Um I would like to see more of this stuff on dynamite. I mean, how much more can we fucking say it? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, let's go through. So, you know, once we go through some of the, the, shall we say, Shinola that uh, turns out on dynamite uh, this week. Yeah. We could see where they could have slotted in this match. There's, uh, yeah, they definitely could. Have, well, I know. And they, you know, obviously I see why they did cause they're accelerating the timeline. A little bit, but I feel like we could have planned this out differently and kept this match on Dynamite somehow, some way. Uh, over in in uh, in Saitama, uh, at the Ice Ribbon uh, Arena, uh, in the first semifinal match, uh, DDT and Tokyo Joshi's Yuka Sakazaki defeats uh, defeats Gato Moves Emi Sakura, flanked by Mei Saruga and Yuna Mizumori. Um, yeah, that's a fun little group. Yeah, that was yeah I. I I, I guess I miss where Emmy Soccer is basically like a, a tacit heel now, but you know here we are. Um, I think that's a good spot for her, given the makeup of the current AEW roster. Uh, I think her as a veteran heel, uh, should she be working more often in AEW, is a good look. Yeah, and I think she was she was 
supposed to be a heel like when she was around pre-pandemic, but I don't think anybody ever told her that. <laughs> right. I, th I think she's, you know, it's, it's one of those things, and we've talked about, you know, the traditional face heel thing not being as much of a thing on AEW programming as, you know, wrestling uh, in even the recent past and other promotions. Uh, so, you know, she's really likable. It's really easy to root for someone who is, you know, doing a Freddie Mercury thing. <laughs> like, right. And, and, that? And, and she is the trainer of, like, half the women's roster in AEW. Including Hikaru Shida, uh, who she has a really cool rivalry with, and I'm excited to see more of that. Right. Uh, in our second match um, from Japan, the semifinal, uh, Ryo Mizunami gets a count-out victory over the legend Aja Kong. I was like, oh, shit, word? <laughs> yeah. That one I did, uh, not a result I expected, but a really interesting one. I, I, I would have and preferred Aja Kong, here's the, quite frankly, so but... <laughs> Here's what I'm why I'm okay with this. One, it's Aja Kong is Aja Kong. She count out whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, two, Rio Mizunami is like a perfect personality for the women's AEW roster. So giving her more exposure to the AEW audience now, I think, is a really good idea. And then I think Mizunami is a perfect fit. And then uh the the final first round match in uh for the on the U.S. side of things, uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, defeats DMD. the defeats the uh, yeah. Which, uh, as we've noted before, using both Doctor and DMD is a redundancy. Which makes it's it's awesome. It's part of this whole thing. She's right. great. This works. It's but she fun. was but but she was doing that before too. Before she did the heel turn. It's still good. <laughs> I think it. I think it's really good. Uh, she defeated uh, the stand-in for uh, for Anna J. Uh, Maddie Rinkowski, who I know nothing about. She's Polish. That's all we need to know. Okay. Well, there you go. And and she lost. Like she's a student of the of the whole nightmare school, right? So probably a lot of training with Dustin Rhodes, and probably someone they're very high on. Uh, you know, Brit is is definitely getting more and more big time she's definitely comfortable in that role so yeah predictable result probably what was going to happen either way uh mandy did a good job stepping up really do you think maybe do you think anna would have fallen to, to brit i do think so yeah wow okay I yeah, because thought, I, think the, I, I, I think the semifinal like that, that, that we're going to set up that semifinal match because other the other uh, result is getting ty versus anna but i don't think they were going to ready to do that either well they could have had at least one dark order person go is what I'm yeah, saying. true. So, so anyway, I mean, maybe it wasn't audible. I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, it, it, I guess it's academic. I think it wasn't audible. Yeah, it, it's that kind of be... academic now. So, I mean, no, I mean, the audible was. I'm sorry. I think that uh, uh, Britt was going to win that match either way. Okay. All right. Well, you, you may be right. So, um, with I may that, be crazy. but it just may be a lunatic that we're looking for. That hopefully <laughs> watch Dark this week. Did you watch Dark this week? Yes, I did. So uh, this one was a really interesting week, Jeff. <laughs> Didn't it have like 17 matches or was that last week? So, yeah. And, and... So in the third millennium, the world changed. Climate, nations, all were in upheaval. The Earth transformed into a poisonous scorched desert known as the Cursed Earth. Millions of people crowded into a few megacities where the roving bands of street gang savages created violence the justice system could not... Ah, shit. This is Judge Dredd. I'm sorry, that's Damn Judge Dredd. Now, okay. wait, now, wait a minute. Is this Judge Dredd or is it Dredd? Because they this are is two different movies. 1995 Sylvester Stallone, Armand Asante vehicle, Judge Dredd. Okay. You know, I have some feelings about that movie. It's bad, but it's so fun to watch. Yeah, you know, it, it is a bad movie. Uh, I will say this. It, it, it got the look of the characters down. 
Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it got the look awesome. of the strip down so yeah. well. The, co- the costumes were unironically awesome. Like, they were incredibly fascist, which is what it's supposed to be. Well, yeah. And, but, the, yeah, everything else was just awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's, like, the charm of it. And, like, but, like, you know, the 2012 Carl Urban Dread is, like, legit. That, that shit rocks. Now, that one didn't have the look of of the comic strip, but it definitely no. had the feel of the comic strip. You it know, was the... like, it was like, uh, it was like the closest we're going to get to American raid redemption. In fact, it probably mostly, it mostly was the raid. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it like ripped like very, uh, yeah. liberally from raid redemption. It, it did. Uh, what about note... a raid redemption style wrestling match where they like have to battle up like a, a high rise. Didn't they just do, wasn't that a recent WWE event? I guess they did like fight through the uh, WWE office up to the roof. So yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that's did, pretty. They did the raid. So okay, yeah. so real quick, r- one quick note about that movie. There is a there is a robot that features in the in the Stallone Dread movie. Uh, the servo droid with the with the spaghetti robot. I don't know if it's that one. It was it was I think it was a villain a villain robot. Okay, um, the big the big baddie juggernaut looking robot. Yeah. Okay, so the big baddie juggernaut looking robot. Um, actually came from a completely unrelated 2000 AD strip called the ABC Warriors. It's Hammerstein from the oh, ABC fuck. Warriors. And the money marks behind the, the Stallone Dread movie absolutely wanted this robot in the movie, even though 2000 AD told them repeatedly, yeah, this has nothing to do with Dread. <laughs> it is a completely what? separate thing. I think that's a good idea because that robot was cool. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool. Did you <laughs> it was know a cool that robot? Did you know there was a movie? Um, it was a horror, a sci-fi horror movie called Hardware. That it was actually a complete ripoff of an old 2000 AD strip. Really? Uh, yeah, it was. Did not. That's a deeper cut than I got. No. I yeah, it was. That. Yeah, it, it, it was a complete ripoff of a Future Shock from 2000 AD, and they actually had to credit 2000 AD. Oh wow! After the fact is. We, when are we going to get robot wrestlers? Like, what was the okay, we, RoboCop showed up in WCW? Right. So we had that. Have we had any other like sentient robots uh, in pro wrestling? Wasn't that what uh, John Cena was in the Indies as the prototype? The prototype, kind of. I think he was more like a clone super soldier. Oh, okay, like, okay, like, like, okay. Like, like he's a human, but like he's a very heavily like engineered for like tactical battle success. Human. And then wasn't there? And then I don't know if they were actually robots or they were just time travelers. Whether it was that uh, in WCW had that Techno Team Two Thousand. Oh yeah, I don't think they were robots. Yeah, we need some robots. We do. Of course, wasn't there a wasn't there a movie about robot fight? Real Steel. Real Recently, Steel. It's a movie yeah. set in Detroit, actually. And then there was also robot robot jocks. Robot jocks. But that was more then, like Mecca, you know. That and then, we, and of course, we have Battlebots, which is you know, um, Mick Foley hosted uh, that. Sort of a yeah, sort of like a cousin to professional wrestling. But I'm talking like sentient, like like let's get some existing pro wrestlers and like, dress them up like robots and have them just have robot fights. Oh wait a minute, yeah, there was one. Oh, uh, um, Cyber Kong. Cyber Kong. Cyber Kong from Dragon Gate. Until he had to unmask. So, if yeah. there's any other robot wrestlers we missed, please hit us up uh, on Twitter at BGTD Podcast and tell us about your favorite robot wrestler. Even if it's from Futurama. Yeah, Futurama yeah, counts, yeah. BattleBots count, um, Sentient Robots count, um, a robot that has a cool fight scene in a movie counts. Just talk, tell me about your favorite robot wrestlers. So, did you actually watch Darker? No. 
Yeah, some of it. Just like <laughs> okay. uh, I watched the uh, I watched the Eddie Kingston JD Drake match. It was cool to see JD Drake. Oh, I forgot um, about that match. Shit. Yeah, that one I watched. Kingston wins predictably. JD Drake walked out to the dynamite theme, which was very fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I did watch that one. I kind of scoped and scanned through the rest of it, and nah, there was too many matches. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I I I have sat through 16 matches. I like that I they have a lot of matches, again. but like sometimes there's so many you get overwhelmed. So it's like you got to find your balance. And I was gonna do some of them like one at a time, but I spent a lot of my free time playing Civilization Six this week. Well, there you have it. And with that, we go pre-taped to Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, episode 68 of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into the first match of the evening. Jonathan Goodley Moxley up against Ryan Nemeth. Uh, this was a glorious squash to get to a, a fire, fire promo. Ryan Nemeth jobbing to the stars and doing quite a good job. He's having a nice little run of losing to high-profile wrestlers on Dynamite. Um, all that being said, uh, yeah, Mox totally knows how to pop me when talking about when talking about exploding barbed wire death matches and you know bringing up vintage which, Japanese a phrase wrestling. Which he did say three times. Which is all good because that will be the main event of of, of AEW Revolution in one week's time. He, I, I, massive pop for mentioning vintage Japanese wrestling magazines. Yes, because yeah, because the magazine, good promo, great promo, because it's just right. But I mean, the a lot of the magazines and the photos in those magazines were what really sold the legacy of FMW because FMW never had TV. Ah, so yeah, I mean, they, they, you they teach sold, me so much. They, they, yeah, they sold shows on videotape, but they never had actual weekly TV. So a lot of you know the the lore around FMW came from photo spreads in the magazines. Ah, so. that's a that's a cool little homage. Um, yeah, he we talk every week. He comes out and does. He's like his pre tapes are always fantastic. But when he's got a hot mic, man. Uh, he's one of the best in the business and has on, you know, you were, t- we were talking about this earlier off pod. Uh, he's on a generational run as a professional wrestler. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more after we finish talking about this episode of dynamite. Yeah, but, we will, uh, Cause we, we, we do have a very relevant match. Yeah. To this wasn't, yeah. Moxley had two big matches to hype here and, uh, did a great job getting ready, getting prepared for both. And, uh, this is not the last time we'll hear from John Moxley on this show. So let's go ahead and move forward. Moving forward, we have a backstage promo between Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix, who were on the same side last week. But this week, they are in the main event. And, uh, well, we get a nice traditional backstage scuffle uh, in which nobody really comes out on top, which I thought was great. It was very cool. It was a cool way to have them get a little heat between each other after having notable chemistry the week before. This is nice booking from AEW, noticing like what the fan response was to them working together, um, how well they did together, and that being on people's minds. So to get that kind of forward to, oh, no, these guys really want to beat the shit out of each other and kind of give us that before the match tonight was real nice. Uh, after that, we had a, uh, a backstage vignette with uh, the Young Bucks and uh, their parents. Uh, posing in front of the the uh, the, the semi truck with uh, yeah, definitely like, not foreshadowing anything. Just a family being yeah. nice and having a nice time. It's not going to come back later at all. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, of course not. And I won't repeat the story from uh, that I've told before about the young bucks father. 
<laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Our second match of the evening. Uh, Team Taz's Brian Cage and Ricky Starks up against your beautiful baby boy and his My idiot Thompson cousin. baby boy and Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian. <laughs> But yeah, uh, this was a lot of fun. I was really, really excited to see Ricky Starks and Griff Garrison share a ring, and they showed why. Uh, yeah, and this was a this was actually not not a bad match. I I, was, I, I would say this, this match was quite good. As a uh, matter of fact, yeah, it, it was uh, well received. Everyone did a great job. I mean, these are these guys are the future of the program right here. Like you know, the Moxleys, the Jerichos, the Stings, even the Hangmans, the Young Bucks. Those types are on top now. But these are the guys that are going to be the future of this promotion. The Brian Cages, the Ricky Starkses, the Griff Garrisons, and the Ryan Holmes. You know, I know. I still notice. I don't think I've seen Griff Garrison take a uh, a pinfall loss in AEW uh, yet. MJF. Or did MJF knock him out? I think MJF knocked him out. Tapped him or put something. him to sleep or yeah, something. Or, yeah, did something. Yeah. Put him to sleep with the salt of the earth, maybe? Oh, that could be. Yeah. It might have been something like that. He but did. He, I mean, Griff took a real good ass whooping on that match, too, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he kind of did. Griff, Griff is so athletically gifted for a guy his size. That's a big boy that has hops, dude. Like his like his big splash, like I know it's really easy to make Stinger splash comparisons because Sting is in the promotion now, but he does have the best like splash to the corner I've seen since Prime Steve Stinger. Uh speaking of Steve Stinger, uh we get a video post match of uh Darby Allen getting dragged behind a car and unzipping himself from the uh from the body bag and smiling, uh, heavily implying that Sting was be- that Steve Stinger was behind the wheel, and then the lights go out, the snow comes. Steve Stinger comes out dragging Hook Sinertia by his uh, <laughs> in a Hook body Tazson. bag. Yeah, Hook Tazson. <laughs> Taz. <laughs> Hook Tazson. Steve Stinger and Hook Tazson. Yep. So, yeah, and, and this was a uh, really fun, great job of that commentator selling it. Is it Darby in there? No, it's Hook. <laughs> good old Tony. Good old Tony. Tony was on fire uh, in this show. Tony had a really good show. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We didn't even talk about the biggest thing that happened. Uh, you know what? While we're talking about Tony Schiavone, we we completely forgot to mention the the big signing that happened before Dynamite. Yeah. Well, they didn't really bring it up a ton on the show either. And kind of did. Kind of did. Yeah, they brought up like what's going to happen next week. And I'm sure, you know, when that segment comes up. But yeah, we did kind of bury the lead. AEW signed uh, the big show. Paul Paul, White. Paul White, the giant. The The giant. Son son of Andre the Giant. Well, what what was his name in in the Waterboy? Captain Insano. Uh, Captain Insano. Yeah. Captain Insano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's a really good signing. I'm excited for this. Uh, You know, Big Show's a legend for a reason. He's going to be a great guy to have in the locker room. Uh, I'm excited to hear him on the broadcast teams. He's very charismatic when he gets the opportunity to be. And, yeah, he and and Tony Schiavone will be hosting a third AEW show now on Mondays on YouTube. Yes, and we will get back to that at the end of the podcast as well. Um, Speaking of Tony Schiavone. We go backstage, and Tony is interviewing Miro, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford. And, oh, God, I, why why are we going back to this? I thought we yep, were sure. done. Yep, sure. Cool. Move on. Uh, although, I will say this. The, the, the note from Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassie I thought was pretty funny. The note was pretty good. Um, God, there was something I wanted. There was, a note, there was a note that I had about this segment, and it totally has escaped me now. That's unfortunate. 
Is it though? Because yeah, this angle is this and the inner circle angle are fucking killing me. Uh, I mean, what? Well, I guess we'll talk about the inner circle a little bit. We're we're the good thing about the inner circle is that we're ready for it to end, and it like looks like it's gonna end, which we'll get to. Oh, my note about the uh, the match. The only thing that could have made the note passing better is if Chuck would have passed it in like one of those little like color game hand things, you know, where you pick a color. It's like red, black, blue, and you like you know open it with the little the little kid hand game. Um, oh, or, okay, I know, I know what you're. Yeah, talking about. or like yeah. you know, did like a creative fold or like a will you wrestle me checkbox yes or no. Yeah, well, that's what the note said. Will you wrestle us at? What if uh? What yes, if they? No, what maybe. if they circled or? <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, God, this this angle stinks. This angle stinks too. Our our third match of the evening, uh, Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. I could not yeah, give. Don't care. They wrestled. Keep moving. Yeah, yeah keep moving. Uh, we go to the back, and the inner circle is beating up uh, the young bucks dad with some of the the fakest looking fake blood I've ever seen. So there is a, I have a note on the fake blood actually. Uh, Papa Buck wanted to do the job for real. Uh, he wanted to blade and AEW wouldn't let him. So that's why the fake blood was there. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever the case, um, it looked but awful. good for Papa Buck for wanting to do the job. Right. It, it looked awful either way. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it was it, very, I, I thought it was a fun segment and it was effective. I thought it was an effective segment, fake blood or not. Really? You thought so? Yeah, I thought it was absolutely. I thought it was over stupid. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was it's wrestling. It's, it's fake as shit. Like, you know, right. we're not it, to, it, you know, we just we just saw a guy uh uh drag out a teenager in a body bag and then another man came down in a zip line on a skateboard. Like, is this where we draw the line? I mean, you could suspend your disbelief for that shit, but I mean, we, we, I mean just the, how how fake the blood looked, you know. Well, just and, and, and it looked really. Like it, it looked really. Blood, it, yeah. I thought it looked really bad on the, on the the doors of the semi truck. I don't know. I thought like the whole uh, uh, outlandishness and ridiculousness of, of it was fun. And Jericho and MJF did a good job making it more of like a goofy thing than a serious thing. And I think that's what kind of hammered it home. Like they did the whole "Oh, quick, let's get out of here" and like run off thing. Uh, you know, right. one of those. I think that made it like more than like a dark, serious. Oh my god! Like they made it more cartoony, and I think that kind of again made it more effective for me. Well, yeah, I mean, it made it very cartoony to the point where you think that you know they're when when they were running away, it was going to be you know the the you know the uh, the the circle of lines. <laughs> I would have loved that, and they had like the little you know the sound effect like when they're uh, uh, like the, the 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 tire sound effect or something right, like that. Yeah, I mean they. I mean it's possible to do or, like that. The, the pavement curls up behind him, like folds up. <laughs> I mean, it's possible to do that. They did it, you know, IRL in uh, Kung Fu Hustle. I would love it. It's true. Kung Fu Hustle rules. <laughs> I, I would love if, like, Jericho started, like, trying to, like, beat his enemies by, like, trapping him with Acme products. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho's like, yeah, we're going to win the titles this time. Look at this catapult I just got. <laughs> we'll just paint. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll paint a fake uh, entrance. and They'll never uh, catch us with our rocket skates. <laughs> Uh, we then get a recap of uh, Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet in the feud with Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. So I guess now now we know why that match is happening on next Dynamite as opposed to on the pay-per-view. 
Yes, we are the sports ball knowers, and we did not put two and two together prior to them explicitly saying there's there's all star stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. the The all star game is on TNT that night, uh, the night of Revolution. So I don't think really AEW planned that one real well either. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing. Well, they they shuffled this date around for a bunch of reasons. I know um, they didn't want to compete uh, with UFC's pay per view. I think from a couple weeks ago or last week's pay per view, right? Maybe. Something Whatever that was, um, I think they wanted. There was something there, and then yeah, there was this all star stuff. That, this is a strangely planned. This is a weird week for them, and uh, you know they're doing this show next Sunday now. Yeah, which is you know which fucks up our recording schedule. Well, oh yeah, that's know, like, I, pay per view is Saturday. They have a big pay per view. That's right. Yeah, I mean our recording schedule is jacked up as it is. So, but we're making the most of it, and you're here with us on the weekend edition. Woo! Uh, our fourth match of the evening. Adam Page going up against Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party with Matt Hardy and the Hybrid 2. Would have been my match of the night if it wasn't for the main event. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy. Can we talk about Isaiah Cassidy for a second? Go right ahead and talk about Isaiah Cassidy. This is Isaiah Cassidy's second high-profile singles match on Dynamite. Right. And both of them have been nothing short of spectacular. It turns out he's a pretty good wrestler. Turns out the dude can wrestle. Uh, He's really stepped up in his the opportunities he's got obviously great dance partners in chris jericho and adam page but he's made the most out of both matches both very different style matches now here's my question where was mark quinn uh i don't know because yeah he wasn't there i I don't know maybe he's taking some time off maybe he's just home chilling yeah maybe uh the beaver the beaver boys came out for an assist at one point and uh you know to, to to even the odds uh ringside uh, Adam Page does get the win, and uh, afterwards it turns out that the previously ejected Matt Hardy went ahead and just started randomly attacking members of the Dark Order. Yes, so he and he gets on the microphone and uh, you know says, "I'm gonna hurt what you like and your friends since you hurt me." And I thought this was this was old school wrestling to me. Like it had like that personal grudge kind of feel, but it wasn't like too outrageous or anything. It felt kind of grounded for like how out there the Matt Hardy stuff can be. Um, I, I like the storyline here, and I think this is gonna work, and I think it's gonna do a lot to uh, bring the Adam Page Dark Order stuff together. Yeah, I, I think you're right, actually. Uh, I think Matt his... Hardy is the right guy for this. Right, and now that Anna Jay's gone, Anna, I mean, Anna Jay can only just look and you know scowl at Adam Page at this yep. point. Which I'm excited to see how they play that if they uh, keep Anna on camera for a while while she's recovering and if they have her cross paths with Adam Page uh, in the next few months. I don't see why they can't considering Britt Baker pretty much developed her whole character whilst injured. Yeah, which I mean, she made a whole thing. She made a lot out of that. Yeah, Talk yeah. about capitalizing. Britt Baker made the most out of being injured, man. Pretty incredible stuff it, in hindsight. Yeah, which is which is not a common thing at all. No, no. I mean, like what Steve Austin uh, is a guy who pulled that off. Um, Zack Ryder in a wheelchair. I don't remember that because I no, you didn't watch any of that. I didn't watch any of that. No. We go to a segment with uh, Alex Marvez trying to interview Kenny Omega and Don Callis, and I, I'm getting a little bored of these interviews too. But uh, this time, Are you? yeah, I kind of. Okay, I think they're still fun. I think Don Callis again is you know the he's the glue on this thing, and I think he's doing a great job still. Yeah, I mean. I, now, Don Callis is Don Callis. I'll admit is doing fine. He he is doing fine. It's just the whole shtick is is boring me. 
you know, with uh, Alex Marvez finding them at random and, you know, and Kenny getting Kenny and Don getting shitty about it and yada, yada. Uh, there are Billy. I forgot what the exact phrase was because I didn't write it down. Like uh, the 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 device with which to end John Moxley. <laughs> like there's it's like shop class back there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they did. They yeah. They, this promo didn't really say much. No, not really. But uh, yeah, sometimes you got to keep moving things along. And you got to remind us, hey, we're still here. This angle is still prevalent. Obviously, you know, Kenny's the champion. Stuff's coming up, uh, and you know, the, it, there's going to be main event implications here too. So, uh, we then get our fifth match of the evening. It is the uh, the first women's uh, the first USA bracket semifinal. Right, and this is for the women's this, again. This tournament. is so. This is why they put the you know Nyla Rose Ty Conti match on Monday's uh, YouTube event so they could have this match on Wednesday's Dynamite. I get it; they're trying to keep the timeline right, but I still think we should have done it different. They could have put it on last week's Dynamite. They could have they put really it on last have. But you know, here we are now: uh, Nyla Rose versus Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Um, this match I thought was actually really fucking good. Really good. Uh, yeah, but some of the best showings from both contestants in a while. And Nyla had a really good match against Ty Conti, and this match uh, topped it. Yeah, that this was uh, this was a good one. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I so really... I, it's nice to see Britt really coming into her own bell-to-bell now, too. Yeah, and Nyla just was an absolute bulldozer. And I, I really bit the finish a few times. I actually thought Britt was going to go over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you see, the, what's cool about these type of matchups is that Either uh, a result would have been believable and acceptable, and either result would have pushed the storyline within this tournament forward. So that's what made it more compelling during the match. Right. So now we have our our one of our USA finalists is Nyla Rose. Um, she will take on the winner of Thunder Rosa versus Riho. That match will be tomorrow on Bleacher Report. Yeah, which, again, interesting. I mean, okay, this is kind of a thing I'm not as, like, down about. I think using all your different uh, platforms to get outreach is fine in the right context. It's unfortunate that it's always the women being the ones doing it, and so it kind of makes it feel like, oh, well, we're just sticking the women here off of Dynamite, where, let's say, you know, you put a couple more of these on uh uh, on Wednesdays, and then you know you, you use a Sunday or a Monday or a YouTube thing to put like a high-profile men's match, mix it in there too. Uh, you know, maybe it kind of quells the complaints about these things being in different places. I'm trying to look at it, you know, from the most optimistic lens, I guess. Right, I get that. So, okay, so so tomorrow, it's uh, what it is. Hold on, let me see if I can get the bracket here. I want to see where this is happening. Okay, so the semifinals is going to be on. Oh God, I am so confused. Okay, so okay, so Bleacher Report tomorrow will have the semifinal for. We'll have the the semi the second semifinal for the American bracket, and then the Japanese final, which will be Yuka Sakazaki versus Rio Mizunami, and then. 
I guess they're going to. Okay. Women's so then on. So then the, women's finals going to be on dynamite because that winner will be facing uh, Hikaru Ishida uh, at revolution on Sunday. Right. So then, okay. So then I guess the American final will be on. The American final will be on Monday on YouTube, I think. Or is it just the no 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 oh, Ameri- okay no no the Bleacher Report one is just okay so it's gonna be Thunder Rosa versus Riho and then a six woman a six person match between the losers in the J- Japanese bracket because I think um, Emi Sakura Vaini and Aki Ito are on one side and then I think it's uh, Hikaru Shida Mei Saruga and um. And uh, Rin Katakura on the other side. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Then. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll figure this out one way or the other. <laughs> I guess we will. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned once we figure this out. Uh, Nyla Rose gets I think the you should. Uh, another thing that doesn't bode well for these things, if we who consume this shit all day long can't figure out when and where to find matches, how is the average casual fan going to? No, I agree. So... I really don't want to have to go to like a third website to watch. It's a lot. It's a lot. Again, like people have Bleacher Report live and stuff. And like, you know, if you want to be like, yeah, make sure it's here. You got to hype the shit out of it. You got to like be more upfront about where to find these things and, you know, maybe post about it more. Like it's I feel like I don't see as much social media footprint on that kind of stuff yet. At least maybe they're waiting until tomorrow. I don't know. but They shouldn't. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially so. when you have a matchup like Thunder Rosa and Riho, which is like a really good matchup. That match is going to be really good. Who do you think wins that one? Oh, I was dreading you saying that. My <laughs> my first inkling is Rosa because I don't know if they want to pull a Nyla Riho rematch yet, or if it isn't for a title. Yeah, I I, I can't imagine that they're already so i would think rosa wins and i think maybe nyla beats rosa oh maybe but i mean that's what i'm at with you know what and it goes to thunder rosa and nyla rose is a first time matchup at least in aew yeah absolutely I think so. maybe you get Nyla and Mizunami in the final, hmm. and I think maybe a Nyla Shida championship is where we're going. You know, honestly, I think maybe I, a rematch I, is where we're going. Honestly, I think there, if there's going to be a rematch, I think it's going to be Thunder Rosa, and I think she will be Sakazaki for it. Okay. Personally. Okay. Uh, that's well, I guess we'll see. I guess we will. Um. We then get a recap of the feud between Jurassic Express and FTR to date, uh, leading into a match that's happening uh, this coming Dynamite. The the big big announcement on. there too. Um, Tully Blanchard stepping back in the damn ring. My God, Tully is lacing up the boots, baby. Hasn't wrestled in thirty years. Don't matter. It's like riding a bike, brother. Did he really? Has it really been thirty years? Nine. He hasn't wrestled since nineteen eighty nine. My God, I didn't realize yeah. that he retired that soon. Yeah, he like has not wrestled in a long time. Good golly, Miss Molly. I know that's wild. That is wild. Yeah, which, it, means I can't, really I also can't, which means I also can't see him doing too much in the match either. No, no. And you know what? I think they're doing a really good job, like preparing the audience for that, too. Even have you seen like Arn Anderson posting about it or anything like that? No, I haven't. So Arn 
posted, he did a little like note about, uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a whole note. He was like, Tully, Tully Blanchard's lacing up his boots. Don't be foolish enough to think he thinks he can do the things he once could. He won't try to engage Luchasaurus straight up. He won't try to match moves with Jungle Boy. And I might be letting the cat out of the bag, but even though I admire your guts, Marco, I wouldn't give two cents on your chances of surviving this one. What else you got for us, TK? This is the way the business is supposed to be. Damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. With that, we go into our main event of the evening. Ray Phoenix contra Lance Archer in a qualifier for the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, yeah. These dudes have outrageous chemistry. They do, it turns Whether out. Whether it's as partners or uh, as opponents, these motherfuckers know how to work together. Holy shit. This is starting to really uh, like show me why they slotted Lance Archer in to you know, be hanging around Death Triangle while Penta's nursing injuries because he works very well with these boys. And, where, and where's Pac been for that matter? I'm chilling. Chilling being Billy Bollock's big fish. <laughs> they took him to the river. They put him in the water. That's right. Uh, what if it was just like a singing pack? Singing bastard big... <laughs> Billy Big Mouth <laughs> Bastard? <laughs> this comes out off the wall like... Oi! His, his, his very broad uh, Jordy accent. Yeah, yeah, he's like singing like some Newcastle hooligan song or whatever. Or something. <laughs> uh, this match banged. Oh, yeah. This match Absolutely. banged hard. You know, I, I, I still popped when they showed again that corkscrew chokeslam from, la- from last week when, you know, he, yeah. he, he threw Pent, uh, Phoenix onto... His opponent, the the guys on the uh, on the outside. Yeah, this was a hell of a match. A lot of really good reversals. A lot of again pins. This, the results could have went either way. So you know, it wasn't like a predictable finish that Lance Archer would win this match, but he did with a choke slam and the blackout. The blackout's a really good move, and uh, Phoenix really took it well. Yeah, I I was I, I was amazed. I thought I actually thought that they may actually go with Phoenix for a few minutes there. Yeah, but you know, again, Lance's only loss is still to Cody, right? Uh, maybe. I think that's still his lone uh, singles loss. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, know, you might be right, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, AEW no, 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 losses matter. No, 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 no so. they can't be. No, they can't be right. Didn't he wrestle Mox for the title? Let's see. Win loss records, twenty twenty one. This is great. They do have, like, it's cool that they have, like, uh, all that information available. Oh, Cage Match has it. Okay, cool. Uh, So if we can find Lance Archer. The thing is, it's just, like, a list. Right, but it doesn't show what. uh... Yeah, I just want to. Lance Archer. Oh, five and, wait, five and three. Oh, they're probably. Yeah, they're not showing just a single stuff. Okay. Or no, five matches, three wins, two losses. But yeah, again, I don't know if those are only singles or if that counts. Okay. Oh well. I could have sworn that he had a. Uh, I could have sworn that he had a uh, a loss against Mox for the for the title. I could. You know what? Mox oh, wrestled yeah, so yeah. many. Mox wrestled so many big motherfuckers during that. Uh, yeah, Mox had such a great title run. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh so. 
Lance Archer advances to the ladder match at Revolution. Yes, yes, he does. And then uh, we uh, we got a little uh, we got a little post game to this, didn't we? Didn't something happen after this match? No, no, I think it went off the air after that. Okay, yeah. Well, that's the show then. <laughs> that is the show. That is episode sixty-eight of AEW Dynamite. So yeah, to to wrap it up, we got to get to one more wrestling note, one more in-ring thing we should probably recap because it does involve uh, the aforementioned John Moxley. Uh, yes, we should. Uh, last night on uh, on New Japan's NJPW Strong uh, show event from the uh, from the LA Dojo, uh, this is the second night of the New Beginning USA 2021. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about this because I. St- Still have to save this for uh, Strong Style Story, which is also coming up later this week. But uh, John Moxley finally defended the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship against Kenta, and, and defend it he did, and Jeff. defend it he did. He with a uh, with, with a win. I did not see that coming. No, and it was a 14-minute match. Not crazy long, but crazy effective. Very, very good sub-15-minute match. Uh, there, About this, everything you expect from a sub-15-minute match. Like, exactly what you want out of a match that length. This was actually probably one of the best matches of the year so far. Um, it was very good. A uh, lot of, again, reversal stuff. Those guys have great chemistry together. They know each other really well. They wrestle each other really well. And, uh, yeah, really interesting to see Mox keep that belt. But, you know, we talked about what a great champion he is. So, I again, don't see the forbidden door is open. So why not? It's yeah. already open. Yeah. And uh, there was a, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just did not see Moxley retaining. I thought for sure that they were just well, going I mean, to finally use it, this. Look right at it and see it. I mean, right, but I mean, I, I thought that they were going to use this match to get the belt off of him. Be, well, because, they didn't. Be, and they did. And which means we could be, you know what? And I, I'm going to quote my strong style story co-host Chris Damaseno by saying, if um, if Tony Khan does not let Mox continue to carry that that IWGP US title on AEW programming, then he's an absolute coward. I would assume that the, he's going to carry that. But again, forbidden doors open. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't uh, fi- see who John Moxley's next challenger for that would be. But, yeah, no, I have a couple of guesses. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, no, I might have a prediction. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I might have a guess to it. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Uh, no, I Do don't. Do you know who I'm thinking oh, of? As in, as in Yano, Yano Toru? Yeah, Yano. Do you know who I, I would I, think? I think I know. I think I know Yano, but I think he's I too. Bu- but I think he's too busy with the the KOPW. Yeah, but I think that I think, you know, because he has that win over Moxley uh, in the G1, that very famous win. I think that's a really good setup for it. <laughs> that led to one of Moxley's best promos in New Japan. Yes. And also uh, the great uh, like uh, the great Moxley looking at his hands in disbelief with Yano laughing, like faded up in the top of the corner screenshots. That, that is a famous wrestling photo now. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it is a pretty famous one. Pretty great stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was really interesting. And uh, I think that's all we 
got for the week in AEW, right? Can, can, can I just, yeah, that is pretty much the week in AEW. Can I just say that I have not felt as excited about a, an American main event wrestler since Steve Austin or Mick Foley as I do with Moxley. You are valid to uh, feel that. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks and months, and you know, this is something I've been hitting home almost every time Moxley's appeared on screen on this podcast. He is in the middle of like a like decade, like best of the decade kind of generational type run. Well, with or without a championship, he is the fucking man. Uh, you know, this was the perfect signing for AEW. Uh, they were right to put him directly at the top of the promotion, and he's delivered in every single opportunity he's gotten. Now he's doing it in other promotions and bringing exposure to them. And, you know, as far as NJPW and AEW's working relationship, you can't imagine it uh, being done better than, you know, guys like Moxley having these great matches, cutting these great promos, and representing your brand uh, exactly how you'd want them to. Yeah, and it, representing two brands, for that matter, at this point. Yeah, you know? it's incredible. Because, yeah, I mean, it's obvious New Japan are going to keep working with him if they kept the belt on him after, you know, I mean, that, I mean, it was over a year since that belt was last defended. Yeah. And, and they kept it with, and he, they kept him with it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I, I mean, well-deserved and I understand why. Oh, I do too. Now this maybe does, you know, kind of telegraph, maybe Omega is going to retain in that, in that. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, man. Johnny two belts. He had two before. He can have two again. Yeah, and now they can actually acknowledge that second belt, too. See? So, yeah. Never say never. So, Paul. Jeff. This coming week, uh, we already know about the show tomorrow on Bleachery. And yep. now it looks like we're going to have the Women's Eliminator Tournament on Monday on YouTube. And then dark on tuesday yep uh we have our uh the the big go home show before revolution on march the third yes which is gonna feature shaquille freaking neil shaquille o'neal and jade cargill taking on cody rhodes and velvet you have the previously mentioned tully blanchard and uh ftr taking on jurassic express paul white going to break his silence and speak about his future in all elite wrestling uh we have a classic eight I, you know what and we're going to talk about this next week a lot so i'll save it but these 10 man tags like 10 and 12 man tags are becoming sort of an AEW Dynamite signature, and I kind of think that's cool. Uh, another 10-man tag, uh, Dark Order taking on uh, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Helico, and Jack Evans. So Private Party Hybrid 2 along with Matt Hardy taking on uh, five Dark Order dudes. Um, you have Jericho and MJF giving a press conference, and uh, number 10, Preston Vance taking on Max Caster in a ladder match qualifier. Okay, that's an interesting one. Yes, so either Max Caster or number 10 will be in the ladder match, uh, f the face of the revolution ladder match. So, and there we have it. That's our our, our big-ass dynamite coming up on March the 3rd. That's a big, damn, that's a big-ass dynamite. So, I guess programming, folks, keep your podcast things locked because you're going to have a lot to consume on the weekend. We're going to have Saturday uh, dynamite and also Sunday revolution. So... Keep your subscriptions subscribed. Yeah. Uh, now, the yeah the 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 revolution show probably will not be coming until like the next Monday because well, there's don't don't, 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 don't yeah. let's say save that. <laughs> uh yeah. So with that, Paul, plug yourself. I will. You can find me on Twitter 
at ThickFlareTTV on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. Uh, definitely follow those and also follow us on Twitter at BGTD Podcast because a little programming announcement. We are going to be adding some content to the feed, Jeff. <gasps> Do tell. I will tell. So we talked about um, AEW adding some more programming to their weekly slate. We already have Dark every week, and that's something I've explored on Twitch. We talk about it on the podcast a little bit, but there's a lot of content on Dark. We don't have enough time to get to it here. Now, Paul White and Tony Schiavone will be doing commentary for AEW Dark Elevation on Mondays, their new show. I figured this would be a great time for us to expand our scope and start recapping those shows as well. So on Tuesday nights, uh, please, you will start finding in your Boom Goes Dynamite feed um, a new podcast series on the same feed that I think I'm going to call Elevating Into Darkness. Uh, and it's going to be me solo, or I may have some guests. Jeff may join. I may have some other friends come join and uh, talk to me about uh, Elevation and about Dark as well. Um, or I'll just do some of that solo. They won't be very long. I'm thinking like 30, 40 minute podcasts. So, you know, nothing crazy long. But, you know, for those that are watching Dynamite every week, don't get a chance to see Dark, but kind of want to have all those narratives connected and want to be caught up and at least have an idea of kind of what was going on on those shows. So, going into Wednesday, you, you feel like you're caught up. Or if you just want to have some conversation surrounding those events, if you're watching them every week and, you know, want to get that conversation going and want to, you know, hear, some some recap and some analysis and, and some thoughts and some fun with that. Uh, that's what we're going to do. So tune into that. I should have the first one out this Tuesday night. And then also check out my other podcast, Fake Fight, Real Fight. You can follow that at FFRF Pod and subscribe on all major podcast platforms. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in Silent on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel 2S is 1L. Um, there may be a busting balls this week. I don't know yet if that's going to happen. If we do, we're going to record it tomorrow, uh, which is Sunday. Or And uh, on Monday or Tuesday, a new Strong Style Story because we have to cover the extremely cursed Castle Attack Tour. Uh, the upcoming um, 49th anniversary show, as well as uh, the New Japan Cup Tour, and a few other things, too. So uh, so stick around for that here on the PWOM Podcast Network. Uh, Paul, any last words? It's the weekend, baby! Woo! Have we'll a good you. weekend, everybody. We'll see you next Saturday.